0: The second half of childhood, otherwise known as these teen and tween adolescent years, is really riddled with change, growth, letting go and holding on, and a lot of really big life decisions. And there are five very specific needs that every person has. And during these massive transition teen years, which, by the way, are also massive brain development years, uh, these needs are really screaming to be met, but most do not even know that they have them. So unfortunately, the result is that a lot of our youth are chasing their worth in many ways that are not going to serve them. The person that gives them attention, finally, they start chasing our popularity, the grades, the people-pleasing, the chameleon identity that shifts between crowds, perfectionism you get the point. So these five needs are mapped out and you are given four simple ways to fill them just at home in the five needs guides I put together for you. So just go to nellyharden.com slash five needs. Now that's the number five and then needs all lowercase and download today. So you can start to see what your child looks like when they get to walk in a truer, more assured version of themselves when these needs are being met. So that again is NellieHarden.com slash five needs. Go download today. Hello and welcome to the 6570 Family Project podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy. Come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Hardin, big city girl turned small town, sip an iced tea on the front porch mama who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 6570 Family Project Podcast, where we're putting aside the power struggles and finding the path toward leading our young women toward confidence, respect, and wisdom that they need in order to prepare them for the world out there. And today we have a very special guest on today. Dr. Wild is... A uh, she's the owner of Imagine Pediatrics and Behavioral Health and Wellness, and she is an integrative pediatrician and owner of this practice in uh, Saint George, Utah. She uses strength-based whole child approach to address emotional and behavioral issues in her kid or in kids, also her kids. Speaking of her kids, she has eight sons. I am not joking. She has eight sons that are between the ages of six and 22. So this is definitely someone to listen in on. Even if you don't have sons like myself, we can so learn from each other and the waves that come with parenting. And in fact, in our talk today, we really went through what it feels like to have parenting burnout what it feels like in order to accept that without shame and guilt, right? The shame and guilt monkeys on the back. And also what to do about it. And with that parenting burnout, of course, is that work-life balance. And I don't mean, you know, some of you might work out of the home. Some of you might work in the home. Some of you just might have hobbies. Some of you might just have uh, like volunteering that you do. Whatever that is, there is this balance that comes because we are not, Uh, hovering over our children 24-7 for 6,570 days, right? We are going off to do something else. So whatever that uh, verb is in there for work for you, it is that life balance. And so we are going to discuss that today, how it can lead to this burnout, what to do about burnout, and also some beautiful things called uh, the micro neuro neuro, uh, I'm sorry micro renewals that is really hard to say try it right now Uh, micro renewals and we're going to talk about that today Um, but I am telling you I took a page and a half of notes on this talk I loved it and I can't wait for you to listen in as well so let's go ahead and get started. Okay, you guys, I have been talking a little bit about all of the amazing things that Dr. Mary does. And now I just want to welcome you on to the podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I am so excited. We have talked before. I've been on hers and now I get the immense pleasure and um, to have her on our show. And I'm so glad to share you with all of our listeners that are listening today. And so I would love to dive in because I find it fascinating that you have eight sons. And I do not to mention that that's just one part of your story. But what comes with having eight sons is all of that personal development that comes in. And not only the personal development for you, but also you helping them have all of that personal development. And so it isn't just the crazy physical and, you know, emotional demands of just being a mother to that many children. It really is what gets me and what's fascinating is the development that happens throughout all of those years. And just this morning, I was going through um, some old journals of mine and things like that. And just watching the growth of myself through the last one year, two years, three years, five years. And I I do find it fascinating. So before we go on, tell us a bit about your story. How did you get to where you are and what you're doing today and tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Sure. So, I totally agree with you that so often we focus on child development, but we focus a little bit less on mother development and parent development and we really go through a transition with our experience as well. And um I from the time I was just a little little girl, I wanted to be what I told my mom was a baby doctor, and that really percolated in me through the time that I was growing up, and, you know, as I got to be in high school, I thought, you know, is this really what I want, or is this just some childhood dream that it has has attached to me, but I don't really have to follow it, that it's just like an idea from when I was five, you know, but I really felt like this is what my work is. And I also, though, really valued and value family and and motherhood. So I, I didn't know how it was all going to add up. But as it turned out, I did, you know, get into medical school. And during the second, the end of the second year of medical school, I was pregnant with my first child. And that began a whole new journey of balance and Trying to live in alignment with my own family while still trying to accomplish this dream of being a doctor. And I remember by the time I graduated from residency, I was just about to have my fourth baby. And I kind of had this existential crisis because I thought, oh my goodness, now I have more jurisdiction over my time and I get to be home with these kids all the time because I had chosen to work part time. And what am I doing as a mother? Like, what is it to be a mother? What, you know, all these (laughs) questions that I was revisiting and, and it started me on a journey of writing a book. And then this book became a parenting program called compassion parenting. And in my training as a pediatrician, I found that I didn't always resonate with the traditional pathways that, that were taught. And so I got additional training in mind-body medicine and really found some strength-based and resilience-based ways of addressing things like ADHD and anxiety. And so that became its own journey. But here I am now. I have eight sons the youngest is 6 and the oldest is 22 <laughs> so
0: that is amazing and you know i have i have my four daughters um that are 12 to 16 right now and to think of a spread i mean i there is not a huge difference between 40 and 44 or even frankly 24 and 28 but between 12 and 16 there's a huge difference right yes. and yes. so i'm thinking about you and the difference that you are having between 6 and 22 and um yeah that must be very interesting to parent and go through each one of those developmental stages again and again so i have to ask just as a, a mom so Have you found that, and I don't know how the answer would be no, but I'm interested in how you have found, have you found that going through this cycle, you know, uh, every couple of years for like 16 years or so, right? Um, Have you noticed that this cycle... Um, you're like, oh, I remember this with this one. And they're all different. And I totally understand that they are all different. But we refine along the way. And have you noticed that? How has that journey been for you, When that refining process for each stage?
1: Definitely, there is a process of gathered wisdom uh-huh. that can be <laughs> translated. However, like you said, every child is new. And in a, a recent TEDx talk I gave, I alluded to the fact that in – the high performance space, they talk about, you become a master of something when you've spent 10,000 plus hours at it. And when you think about the hours that we spend in parenting, Mm. we, by the time our child is two, we've spent 10,000 hours of active parenting and, but the target is always changing. And so it's hard to feel a master of it, but we really do gain and collect and distill the wisdom from the different stages And if we can be flexible and kind of look at each child and each stage with newness and um, freshness and humility, then we really can pivot and change and adjust and apply all the wisdom we have, but yet with sort of ease and flexibility that is required when everything's changing every, every, every day,
0: (laughs) That is so true. And, you know, I think about people that, you know, just have the one or two, which is totally great. Everyone's story is so different. But my point is, I remember when my kids were little, and I would feel like, Oh, okay, I feel like I've mastered this like sippy cup phase. I've mastered the, uh, what to do with the backpack when they come home from elementary school with 9,000 things in it phase. And then it's gone. It's like, Oh, I have to master something else now. Yeah. And, and, but you're right. That target is constantly changing. And with that, I feel like that's a perfect segue into talking about parenting burnout. And so Uh, Well, have you ever experienced? I know I definitely have experienced parenting burnout a time or two. And I experienced it in every stage when they're little, when they're toddlers, when they are, you know, uh, elementary, middle, high school, having these parenting burnout type of um, times. And then what do you feel like? when you are experiencing this? And what have you seen people when you talk to people and work with people that are experiencing parenting burnout? Like, how does it actually manifest itself?
1: Well, to answer your questions, I have definitely been there and back again, multiple times. And I think it's something that we have to really have compassion for ourselves about that. We often are just serving and going and, and it it seems sort of endless. And there will be times when we have less energy than others. And when we sort of lose sight of our vision and just have to pause a minute and recollect. And for me, that has sometimes felt like I just want to lay down. Like I just <laughs> hardly, I have so many things to think about. I just want to be flat. <laughs> so, um, And sometimes it comes with, discouragement. It can feel like exhaustion. It can feel like you're kind of in a disembodied state, just Mm -hmm. robotically moving forward, but but not really able to enjoy the process. And so that's something that I work a lot with the moms in my group about, um, because I think it really is something that is important to know how to pull ourselves out of. Right. Because we can't parent as well when we're in that depleted state, and and if we can learn how to fall into it less, then it's just more enjoyable to parent, and we can be more effective as parents. So, um, a couple of things that in my in my work surrounding the idea of parenting burnout, I like to delineate the idea of compassion versus empathy because I think one thing that can be so draining is to get caught in the drama, to get sucked into feeling all the feelings and the emotions and kind of being pulled down in the storm instead of having that steadying role with our children where we are standing alongside them and feeling with them, but we're not necessarily in the feelings. So that's how I separate the idea of compassion, which is feeling with or even suffering with versus empathy, which is being in the feeling, being in suffering. (laughs) So we don't need to exist in suffering. So sometimes they talk about compassion fatigue, but one of the big experts on self-compassion, Kristen Neff, she says, you know, it probably is more accurate to call that empathy fatigue rather than compassion fatigue. And, and part of that is just delineating what our role is. So I know that you are, have a background in biology. And one thing that I thought was fascinating, I learned about this species, like of the common octopus, that the, the mother octopus often will stay in the water around her babies to the point of starving herself and even almost dissolving into the water. Like dying and decomposing and then, um, you know, feeding them in some way, which seems so sad. (laughs) And, and we, I think don't have to be like octopus moms. (laughs) We don't have to dissolve in the water around our children thinking that somehow they are, that that we have to dissolve a way for them to flourish. But, but instead we have to model what healthy adulthood looks like, what it looks like to be a a person of passion, a person of, of, um, well-being. And to contrast this, I live in Southern Utah now and Lizard moms, I learned, <laughs> they just, you know, they lay their eggs and they run away, you know, and they never see their babies. And of course, we don't want to be lizard moms, but I think there's a balance between the lizard mom and the octopus mom. <laughs> and I
0: love the animal references.
1: <laughs> finding where that fits in, how we can retain a sense of ourselves hmm. without dissolving into nothing, but we can still be present and there to enjoy and support and stand with.
0: Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I I get such a visual thinking about that octopus mom just dissolving in the water around her as she's watching with that deep, you know, concern and want to just help her um, baby survive and not to anthropomorphize it, you know, or anything like that. But, you know, that is how we see it. It's their instinct and it's, it's basic and, um, it's not what she's doing, but we can take that example as humans and definitely see how we can relate to that type of behavior. Um, and you know, when we were talking about, um, parenting burnout, I think number one, like you said, we have to have compassion for ourselves in there. It has to be okay to say, I am getting burnt out. And there's levels of that within there too, right? And I was just um, listening to a great uh, researcher the other day talking about when you need a little break, uh, right? You're a little overwhelmed and you're just like, just give me a second. I just need to like unravel the the knot in my head basically, right? And it, that could be a five-minute walk. That could be just laying on your bed for you know a, a little bit or what have you. And then there's the more extreme level where it is like, I am so overwhelmed. I don't even know what side is up and... I grew up, uh, watching Seventh Heaven and, uh, back in the day. And I don't remember much of it except for their family dinners fascinated me. I loved their family dinners. I loved that they had community, um, in their home all the time. We have adopted that in our own family. Like Tuesday nights have become community night, taco nights at our house and people just come, people that were mentoring and, and that were doing this. And it's, it's this wonderful time can be exhausting sometimes, but it's so good. And it fulfills us um, in ways that we just didn't have before. But one time in seventh heaven, the mom, I don't even remember her name, but for some reason, this always really um, reached out to me even when I was in middle school watching this show was that she was so overwhelmed when her kids and I think she had seven or eight kids, six, seven, I know somewhere in there. And she was so overwhelmed with different things happening when the kids were in middle school and high school that she left um and took a like a mom only vacation she was alone at a beach for like 4 days just walking up and down reading watching the fire like no tv or anything just decompressing and i find it so funny that even though i watched that show when i was in middle school <laughs> that i was like why does that just why do I remember that? You know, but I think it is important for moms to know that and dads too. It it just depends on who's having the overwhelm right at the time. It's okay to, first of all, uh, admit it and it's okay to face it. And it's okay to do something about it. And the more you know yourself, the more you will be able to rescue yourself even earlier. So for me, I'm a very audible person. So listening to, very calming music and like a dark place, that really helps me. My husband, that drives him crazy. And so <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Um, have you ever been to, like funny side story, have you ever been to one of those isolation pods at all where it's like this orb and you go inside and it's a float chamber? Have no, ever-
1: but I I have been invited to go
0: try one out in our community so I haven't yet okay well I encourage you to and I would be I want you to tell me if when you do like how you like it because we went on a couple's night my husband and I I loved it and I was like I'm just floating I feel like I'm in space it's dark we got the music and I'm like totally weightless my husband came out of there and he, he was like, I think I just spent 20 minutes in hell. That was awful. And oh, so, we're all individual. Yes. So knowing yourself is is right there. And yeah, that just cracked me up. We still laugh about that. That was about that was pre-COVID. So over a couple of years ago. Okay. So, um, in uh, working with this, so giving ourselves permission, not being the octopus mom, not being the lizard mom, either, we need to find the balance in there. So speaking of balance, we as as parents, we many of us have jobs outside the home, or we have dreams or passions or hobbies, the outside of just being the um, octopus mom, <laughs> just being, you know, the, <laughs> just being the overseeing, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? What are you doing now? Right? And so where is um I know you've done some work in in work life balance and things like that but can you give us some pointers and and things to look out for and I've heard even before work life balance is a total fallacy. I don't know if it's a fallacy but I would love to know your take on this and some some uh uh conversation there.
1: Yes, well I while we're talking about it I would love to have you put in the show notes a link to a workshop I did about balance and So I'll, I'll give you those links so you can do that. But, you know, in some ways, the idea of this continual balance, I think is a fallacy. I think things always come in waves. Mm. And it's more of an organic way to look at it. And it's, it's more how life goes in an organic flow and cycle type way. It's more of a feminine way of relating. But But I think that it's not either we're like totally balanced or we're out of balance. It's like this dance sort of. And one thing that for myself and, you know, that I try to talk with other moms about is like you said, that self-awareness. And so I have this little tool that I share and it's this assessing stress action plan. So it's like ASAP, (laughs) that's the (laughs) acronym for it. And it's just acknowledging that we are, in different places at different times. So maybe like and I, I kind of modeled it after the asthma action plan where you get in the green zone, the, the yellow zone and the red zone that when you're in the green zone, everything feels good. It feels easy. It feels flowing. And, but when you start having things feel tense and frustrating and overwhelming that's a time to just step back a little bit. You're getting in the yellow zone and you need to do some type of intervention. And then there's that red zone where it feels like an emotional emergency. And sometimes you just have to stop. And my heart really goes out to moms and dads who are single parents and they don't necessarily feel like they can take that four day vacation on the beach. You know? <laughs> or right? They, yeah. You know, and I think part of it is the story we tell ourselves because sometimes we think we can't, but we really could. But sometimes we have to find that oasis within ourselves. And we have to recognize that our own experience can, we can find sanctuary within ourselves, even just for a minute while everything is crazy around us. And definitely as a mom of eight boys, I have been standing (laughs) in the eye of the storm, finding that little piece of sanctuary. And one thing that I remember, so, several years ago, I was in, I just had finished my pediatric residency. I had, I think, six kids at the time. I was taking care of my aging mother. Um, I was working as a pediatrician, but just part time, but still like everything I did was about caregiving. Mm -hmm. Everything I did was taking care of other people. And I one day went into this Aveda beauty school in Minneapolis and, and you know, I thought, okay, I can get this cheap haircut. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, um, But it'll be kind of fun and I'll be able to feel a little bit pampered. And I remember the girl who's going to cut my hair, she said, we do, we offer a ritual of renewal mm. before you get your haircut. What rituals you choose? Do you want, you know, a little scalp massage? Do you want a cup of tea? Do you want you know, a a mini facial. And I almost started to cry (laughs) to just have somebody offer this to me, like a ritual of renewal. Like, so I really latched onto that idea. And I think that at the same time, sometimes the idea of self care can feel like another chore, another task. And, and personally for me, like I usually, like I needed my haircut. Like it'd been like six months since (laughs) I had gotten my haircut maybe a year, I don't know, but I'm not somebody who loves like going to get my nails done or going to the spa. I just, I want to be with my kids and connect. And so, and sometimes I do want to step away too, but I have found that the idea of doing spontaneous micro rituals of renewal are the things that help me the most. And to explain what I mean by that, it would be like when you're taking a shower, because you need to take a shower anyway, to actually feel the water on you, to smell the soap, to be present just for that minute and let it be enjoyable. Because so often we exist in a disembodied state and that's not the way to absorb the joys of motherhood. (laughs) And it's just like, um, and it's very much a recipe for burnout because we're not we're not able to receive the goodness, like being able to really look at our kids and really taste our food and feel our shower. And we're not getting any of that positive input because we're kind of just like on autopilot. And so that stuff is blocked out. We're just doing, 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 performing, you know, and of course we will get burned out in that state. We need to receive And so I would advocate finding spontaneous micro rituals Mm -hmm. of renewal in the things that you're already doing. And I think that another thing that I feel really passionate about is connecting with things that you love. And it can just be for a few minutes, but something that I really love is singing. And so at different times in my life, it looked differently. And sometimes it meant that I would sit with my baby on my lap and he was plunking the keys on the piano while I was trying to play something else and sing. Um, But it was just this beautiful thing. And and my kids weren't in the way of that. Like I just was able to bring them into that experience. And and sometimes we have the story in our head that because of them, we can't Mm -hmm. do this or that. But often there is a way um, we can either use you know, the edge time when those little moments that we capture before the kids wake up, after they go to bed or waiting for them before they, you know, jump in the car when we're picking them up. Um, there are those little moments to capture. And then there's the time that we can just invite them in. Like I was able to do with the music. And then there are the times when we have to have protected time when like, I couldn't bring all my kids to be like, okay, kids, follow me i'm going to go do my rounds at the hospital just <laughs> yeah. you know just be quiet and just tag along <laughs> you know there there were times that i had to have protected time and so sometimes we really have to be proactively arranging that but i think that it's so important to remember the things we love and connect with them and i think that is one sign of burnout when we can't even find joy in those things or we can't even remember Those things. Mm. I remember I was driving in Minneapolis one day and I was by myself in the car, but I saw these tractors on the side of the road and I was like, inside, I just like lit up and I was like, Ooh, tractors. And then I thought, what was that? Like, (laughs) I don't like tractors. (laughs) I don't even have anyone in the car to say, look at the tractors. But it was like, I had so much adopted the perspective and the worldview of like my toddler and school age boys that suddenly tractors were attractive to me, you know. And but I think that part of ourselves like is lost when we're not remembering what we love. Mm-hmm. And I love this quote that I found at one point, and it said, if you feel like you've lost yourself in motherhood, remember that moms are always the best at finding lost things. Mm. And and I love that because, you know, it's kind of true. When my kids are like, shoot, where are my where are my running shoes? And I'm like, I think I saw them, you know, on the side of the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> and they run down to get them. But we also can do that for ourselves. We can remember what we love and who we are and hold on to that all the time through our motherhood journey. And it doesn't have to be completely set aside. And, and, and we, it doesn't serve us well to complete it, completely set it aside because we want our kids to observe us loving things and being passionate about things.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, there was so much there. I, I literally have a page of notes here, but, um, so I couldn't agree more. I mean, that is the work that I do is helping prepare your children for adulthood. And you have to be able to be the mirror that they see that they see, right? Because whatever you're doing, they're doing. I was just writing about time uh, this morning before we got on. And, you know, uh, so many of our teenagers today are running around and they are living a life that is like outside of their body, right? And they're like, I got to go to work, I got to go to school, I got to go to this extracurricular, and then I have to go to practice, and then I have to do this. And then they collapse in their bed and stay on their phones, right? For way too long at night, because they're finally connecting with something instead of uh, being just doing in their doing state, they feel like anyway, they're connecting. Um, Sometimes they are many times, it's a false connection. And that's a whole other, uh, you know, story. But My point being is the best way to teach your kid how to manage their time and to actually be in the moment, right, is to manage your time and be in the moment yourself. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you said, uh, you know, things earlier about, you know, some of this that sometimes you can feel like this, uh, self-help or what have you is a burden. And that feels like another chore. And just a few weeks ago, I had a massage appointment and I try to get massages every month. Um, and I do have, it's, it's functional too. I was in a car accident in 2014 and I have to keep up some of these for just therapeutic reasons, but Anyway, it was time for a massage. I was stressed. There were so many things I needed to do. And I was like, I don't have time to go to a massage. And my husband's (laughs) like, you need a massage. Go to (laughs) the massage. I was like, Oh, no, I don't have time. So it just just reminded me of that. But yeah, I mean, I so I love the idea of the spontaneous micro renewals. And I'm with you. If someone, especially at that state when, uh, you know, all the kids are running around and it was crazy, or even in some of the states I am in now, sometimes if someone would have been like, what kind of renewal can I give you? I would have been like, oh, thank you. Can I hug you? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been so amazing uh, to go through all of this today. And I know all of our listeners got as much as I did out of today and maybe even more. So um, first of all, where can uh, everyone find you and be able to listen and learn more about you? So um, I will share
1: three links. One is, you know, this workshop for balance this elusive thing <laughs> that we find in moments and waves. Um, and then also I have an ebook called parenting with flow, because I feel like the idea of flow is the antithesis of burnout mm-hmm. because burnout seems stuck and <laughs> withered. And <laughs> so I will also provide a link to that free ebook. And then finally, um, I, I would love for you to share my TEDx talk. And in that yes. talk, I, I, I address what I consider to be the one thing that I am striving for as a mother, because much of burnout comes from chasing too many things. Mm. And the one thing that I think is a foundation of really healthy motherhood is the idea of grounded, loving presence. Mm. And so that is what I'm striving for is to be in a state to nurture my children. And so My job is to try to maintain that state and we won't always maintain it. But if we can put our energy into that, because that's connected with our well-being instead of all this chasing, I think that we will do ourselves well. So there are connections to these things. Um, It's probably easier just to have you put the show show notes in, but I will say that one of my main websites is drmarywild.com, Dr. M-A-R-Y-W-I-L-D-E dot com. And you can connect with me there and then we'll have the specific
0: links in the show notes. Sound good? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Thank you. I can't wait to take a look at those. And, you know, when you're talking about to the waves, um, I can't help but think just of my my time working in the marine mammal world. And when you're out there, I mean, anyone that's listening who's ever been to the ocean think about how many times you've been out there and it's a glass smooth surface, right? It, it does happen and it is sometimes, but it is definitely not the majority of the time. There is always the waves that are happening, the the um, peaks and the, uh, the valleys, the peaks and the valleys and the peaks and the valleys. Sometimes they're really big, sometimes they're medium, sometimes they're small and every once in a while you go out there and there is a perfectly smooth um, surface. But Uh, It's rare. So when we can accept that and um, it makes things a lot easier. So beautiful. (laughs) just picturing going out there, we did go out in the open ocean one day when I was in Australia uh, for a a period of time, we went out one day and I mean, we were out miles and miles and it was a glass surface. It was amazing. Uh, It was truly amazing out there. I was like, I didn't know this could happen, you know, like in an ocean, (laughs) but it's Northern Pacific. So, uh, Northern South Pacific, I guess. But anyway, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for having me, Nellie. Absolutely. Well, everyone, I am so excited that we could have this talk today because parenting burnout and balance are a part of our lives. And we have this 6,570 days in order to try, experiment, fail, rise, and keep getting better. And I love, Well, something Dr. Wild said uh, was gathered wisdom. I love that term, gathered wisdom. And that's what we can keep doing. We do that through our everyday. We do that through listening to things like this, through meeting new people and trying new things. So, all right, you guys, next week, we will be back with another episode. And remember, just keep teaching, keep laughing, keep loving. And above all, remember to keep showing up with the intention in the 6,570 days of this parenthood childhood experience, because they need you. All right, everyone. I will see you later. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town the family architects club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love support connect or reconnect and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership this is an online community and you are welcome to it parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one you plan you design and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life and that's what goes into these first six thousand five hundred and seventy days and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives so come join the club you can find your invitation on the front page of my website nellyharden.com that is n-e-l-l-i-e-h-a-r-d-e-n.com Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you love the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building you guys, and I'll see you next week.